This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Hi, I'm Eric Rosenberg from Personal Profitability, and when I'm not busy hustling my tuchus off, I am stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today we're celebrating Father's Day weekend on the show. I'm headed to the carnival to look for my dad, but you, you lucky dog, you're listening to today's great show. On today's podcast, would you hire a younger advisor? We'll detail one person who did and loved it. Plus, we'll talk about keeping up with the Joneses and how it might be bad for your health. Joining us to talk about this and to answer a bloom call for help, we welcome our friend from the Financial Gym and the Martinis and Your Money podcast, Shannon McClay. Plus, from this podcast, OG. But of course, that's not all. At the halfway point, we'll say hello to Matt Reiner from Wella about the Wella Financial app and their brand new money management app extension, Benjamin. Great name, dude. And now, because what's Father's Day without a father of two at the helm? Joe Saul Seahide. And I'm so happy it's Father's Day weekend. I thought that meant I got the day off, but no, I'm working on a Friday. It's a long weekend here in the basement, apparently, but the good news is I've got great help with me. So let's introduce to the microphone across the table from me, the one and only OG. Do you kind of feel that Father's Day is the trap? It's like on Mother's Day, you got to get rid of the kids so mom can go do her thing, right? 
And then Father's Day, the moms say, well, they're your kids. Shouldn't you want to hang out with your kids on Don't Father's Day? Don't you want to spend time with like, them all day? Wait a second. That's right. <laughs> and by the way, you need to grill and cook for us. And yes, and I'm also hungry. Yeah, and, exactly. And that voice, by the way, sitting at the table with us from Martinis and Your Money, it's our good friend Shana McClay. Yes. Thanks for having me back. I, I feel like I was banned for like two years. <laughs> I feel, well, you know, after what you did last time here. <laughs> I know. We all know what I did last time. So mom's like, just, we can't I'm have usually her back. banned every week, but Let's Joe just not requires talk about me to come back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Shannon, what happened? What happened last time will stay last time. Yes. I promise I will leave my potty mouth on my show and I'm on my best <laughs> behavior, I think. For the people that, well, we don't want that. <laughs> Because you're you're here for all that. But we we have to talk about your cool establishment, the financial gym. And you've had just news after news of the financial gym. Tell everybody what's going on. Lots of stuff is going on. That's why I haven't been back other than my last offensive thing I did. But last year I raised uh, $1.8 million in venture capital money to build our first big gym in Chelsea slash Flatiron, New York. And we opened that in February, and now we're in the process of looking for our second gym, which will be in Brooklyn. I was actually in Brooklyn today, scouting locations. And then um, I'll raise some more money this year, and we'll get out of New York at some point early next year. So what's interesting is I left Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor almost five years ago now to start the financial gym and help people of all assets, shapes, and sizes with their money. And I always knew I was going to need money to build gyms and stuff. And so last year I raised the 1.8 and somebody was like, do you realize that only 1% of female entrepreneurs have ever raised over a million dollars? And I was like, bam, but I didn't know that when I like gave up everything I own (laughs) five years ago to build a retail intensive cash intensive business. So yeah. I heard, by the way, congratulations on Brooklyn. I heard there's no sleep till Brooklyn. Is that true? Yes, that is true. That's how I feel with my life right now. (laughs) Then there won't be no sleep till Brooklyn, till DC, till SoCal, till Dallas, till Atlanta. That's roll out. What about Texarkana? What about Texarkana? Financial gym Texarkana. I'll sleep before Texarkana. There's nobody there in Dallas. (laughs) You know, know there's no sleep till there's no sleep till Magnify Money, guys, because the average person says 450 bucks when they visit MagnifyMoney.com. It is so amazing. (laughs) Do you like that transition, Shannon? It was so clunky, but you do it well, though. Thank you. I, how do you do it well? You I do it clunky. Very good. Yes, Joe. you clunk better than anybody. The average person who goes there says four hundred fifty bucks. You don't want to sleep on that, do you? No, you do not. You do not. So here's what they have at Magnify Money: everything from checking accounts, savings accounts, uh, consolidation loans, business loans. Maybe not one point eight million dollars worth of business loans, but business loans and more. Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash magnify money for more. Thanks also to Honey for supporting Stacky Benjamins. I love me some Honey. It's the free browser add-on over 900 people and yours truly use every day to save money while the shop online. It's free, takes just two clicks to install, and I'm always surprised when I'm at a website, I get to check out, and all of a sudden Honey pops up with an offer that I hadn't even considered. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash sb. I went to honey.com and that's not it. It's joinhoney.com slash SB. So it's a good day for honey, by the way, with uh, Father's Day. People calling people honey. Hey, honey, will you take out the trash what? on Father's Day? No. The honey do list. The honey do list. Right. Go. Maybe the honey do list goes away for me this weekend. I doubt it. But 
We've got a great show, honeys, so let's get this party started. Hello, darlings. And now, it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our first uh, headline comes to us from financialplanning.com, the place where financial advisors go and hang out. Shannon, you hang out regularly at financialplanning.com, don't you? Is that the only place that you go? Of course. You just sit and read financial planning <laughs> all day. Is that the right answer? Are they a sponsor of your show? Do I need to? <laughs> it's a safe what, what, should I, what should I say, Joe, so I get invited back to the other? What's the right answer? They're not a sponsor yet, but they might be. <laughs> so let's keep our options open. There's always we? room. That's right. That's Maybe if we the do. The new segment sponsored by financial, financial planning. planning. <laughs> Maybe if we do enough pieces from financial planning, they'll start sponsoring the show. But this is written by John Anderson. And this is a uh, viewpoint. And this is from a client view. Financial planning, of course, a place where financial advisors hang out, what they read. Uh, Client says, why I hired a much younger advisor. And this person says, for most of my life, I've been a do-it-yourself investor starting in my early 30s. And then together, my wife, I've tried to hire advisors to create financial plans. But the experience was typically frustrating. We spent hours taking risk tolerance questionnaires, copying statements, filling out budgeting worksheets, and hunting down insurance policies and tax forms. The result was always the same, a big three-ring binder that suggests I need a specific product. Yes, we got organized, and yes, we had a plan, but it didn't seem like our plan. Plus, it certainly seemed like a lot of work. And then, to cut to the chase, this person hires this young advisor who brings over wine. They work on the financial plan together at their table, changing the inputs and really getting involved. So it's not the advisor's plan, it's their plan. And then deciding what the course of action is together. So, so Shannon, it's kind of like this is a whole different world of financial planning than what they were used to. Yeah. I mean, don't forget about the pizza too, Joe. He brought over pizza and a bottle of wine. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, this is, this is the difference between millennials and traditional financial planners that millennials bring over pizza yeah they bring over pizza and wine (laughs) but but wasn't the real wasn't the real difference that it was far more collaborative i mean it seemed to me reading the piece that it was far more collaborative i mean honestly from reading the piece i didn't see a huge difference i mean collecting data and spreadsheets i mean that's what he did with the new guy because i think he liked his approach was felt different and he probably used different terminology and not a lot of jargon and lingo, but reading through the article, it was all like traditional financial planning 101, like asking questions, talking about goals, like putting it together in one place. And he talked about technology a few times, but you should expect your planner to ask you questions. You you probably are going to have to get some statements and and get things like that and uh but we hear the horror stories over and over of advisors not doing that right getting the i mean the three ring binder to this person's point the three ring binder invest in the specific product it becomes this plan that's shoved down their throat with this you know sales pitch at the end of it yeah i mean at merrill lynch we definitely did the three ring binder i mean i know what he's talking about we called it the wealth management tool and it was you put all these inputs in and it generated essentially the equivalent of a three ring binder of a financial plan. And what most of that binder was disclosures about performance returns on the investments you put in that. And I I totally agree with what this guy is saying. I mean, I think, and I say this all the time as a a planner, I'm like, anybody can do a financial plan, a trained monkey, which, I mean, I'm not saying that this gentleman, this millennial planner was a trained monkey, but a trained monkey can do a financial plan. 
I mean, with pizza and wine, but I mean, anybody can do a financial plan, really. It's, it's a template, it's boilerplate. What I always say, and I think what this gentleman who wrote the article was getting at is the implementation of the plan is really the key. It's yes. like every, you know, what's in that binder, what's in that information and how are you going to pull it out and get that your client to do what you're asking them to do? Cause it's a lot of moving pieces in a plan. That's what I was thinking. Oh, gee, the person feels to me much more like a psychologist than, uh, than the salespeople that this person was dealing with before. The one sliver of light right on your eyeball is so distracting. It's I know it does look like he's got a gleam in his eye, actually. (laughs) I can't even concentrate. My favorite part of this part that you read, because I was unaware of our homework for today, but allegedly it was assigned. (laughs) I I got the homework. I got the homework. I did it. It must not be on the (laughs) distribution list. But um, how many times does this guy lose his insurance policies? Like in between financial, allegedly hired like 30 advisors, you know, every time I had to dig up my insurance policy, like you'd think like after you can the first guy, you'd go, well, I should probably hang on to these because I'm going to need them. Yeah, but that's but, not the but, but, but that's not the point. The point is, it's it's rehashing all this garbage that ends up not really feeling like it's being used. Like I remember early days of being a financial planner and kind of being taught the three ring binder thing, too. And I remember yeah, my yeah. early financial plans were a lot like this too. My later financial plans were much more like the experience the person got now, where I brought in something that was really looked like it was half done. I put in all the inputs and then we play with it. Here's what happens if you retire at 50. Here's what happens if you change that to 60. Here's if mm-hmm. you put 10% in your 401k instead of 15%. Here's what happens. So, And you'd show people the cause and effect and it was cool. And then they'd start getting in the spirit of it. And it was a hell of a lot more fun. I think that financial planning is more about it being an action than a thing, right? So a lot of times people get hung up about the financial plan. Like, give me my plan. You know, I've had that happen occasionally where people will say, well, I didn't get my plan. It's like, what are you talking about? We've talked three times for six hours. We, that is, the you know, we're planning. It's an ongoing activity. And, and Shannon, to your point about the implementation, you know, you, there's, gosh, how many thousands of websites where you can... You put in your financial data, you can sync it with, uh, you know, where your accounts are right now and go, do I have enough money to retire 65? And what happens if I add more savings? It's about getting somebody to motivate you to do those things. If you can't do it on your own anyway, it's not about whether or not you need this fund or that fund. Well, yeah, I think that people always fixate on the plan, you know, getting it. And I think, and it's funny because sometimes our clients get their plans and, some are really excited. They're like, this is the roadmap I was looking for. It's laying it out because right, ours yep. are like in English, like telling you exactly what to do. And they're like, this is what I As want. And to some people are French. like, should be yeah. a much harder thing to read if you're not I mean, from it would be much harder for me to write too. But I guess I could always use Google Translator and we could all be confused. But then I don't understand. Like some people get it and they're like, they're expecting this grand epic experience. And it's like, no, it's really just boilerplate templated stuff. And then by the way, this plan is going to change over time. Oh yeah, I've had clients working with me for over six years now. The first plan we started, I mean, it's totally different than what's happening now. Or like life happens, things change, jobs change, goals change. I mean, clients get divorced, like that every, a lot can happen between the plan and, and throughout the implementation. I think if you're really looking for a good financial planner, you're going to look for somebody who is not going to just do the plan and bring pizza and wine, which I, I like that. I mean, we have a, a bar at the financial gym called the money bar. So I'm all about wine and drinking and financial planning, but like, 
you want to get somebody who's going to be like your, your backseat driver or your, you know, your buddy on that road trip and, and keep you accountable and keep reminding you the goals. And that's like more of a, that's beyond just the planned meeting and the initial stages. It's funny you say that, Shannon, sticking with you, because I read somewhere just recently, somebody saying they didn't get a financial plan because it was too expensive and that they couldn't really afford the financial planning process. And I thought financial planning process doesn't even really need a financial planner, does it? I mean, the, no. get, getting a financial planner versus going through and doing a financial plan for yourself are two totally different things. Yeah. Well, if they think they need the person, you know, the be all end all to put it all together. A fin- all the financial plan is, I always say it's like the roadmap. And the biggest part about the roadmap is setting your goals. And I, you know, I always talk about the roadmap and I give a road trip analogy a lot when I talk with my clients and it's like, and you think about when you do a financial plan, all you're doing is setting the goals out there. Like where is our destination? Where is our road trip leading us? What are the financial stops we want to make along the way? And it's so much easier to get there when you know where you're going in the road trip. And I think a huge issue with people with not getting financial plans or, or waiting for a planner to do it or waiting till they have money to do it, which is like, you don't need a planner or money to do it. It's setting goals for yourself. That's all a financial plan is. And that's the core of what a financial planner is doing for you. They are making you identify and address goals that you have for yourself, putting a dollar amount to them and then showing you the way to get there. Well, I think there's one more key thing though, Shannon, don't you, which is when the client then veers off the great thing. And this is what the financial (laughs) planner brings to the table is just then holding up the mirror and saying, yeah. you said you wanted this. Do you still want that? Because you're not going toward that anymore. We call that when our clients take a hard left, you know, we're in the backseat. It's like, whoa, you just took a hard left. And I thought we were going right. But, you know, whatever, you're driving. But yeah, we're the, we say we're the backseat drivers. My favorite recent event was meeting with a client and they're pregnant with a third child. We were not planning on the third child. Okay. And I was like, where did this come from? And they're like, yeah, it's a surprise. So I was like, okay. So it was like their whole planning meeting, that quarterly meeting was like, we were in hunker down mode. Like how the hell are we going to pay for this kid? All right. Now we got to totally redo the plan with three kids instead of two. Why am I hearing Papa don't preach in the background now? I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally hearing Madonna. I don't know. Why. I know. I was like, is it wrong for me to say you can't afford that child? Like, why didn't we talk before you got pregnant? <laughs> which which one of the three do you want to keep? You can keep two. Yeah, because we did not you, plan for three. You got so. a known outcome on the first two. You kind of yeah. got the trajectory. If you kind of followed up one of those, maybe maybe try again with this third one. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of the middle one. What if they say that? Uh, the middle yeah, one's been kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> let's let's sell him. Yeah. No, I mean we're joking because we're all parents. That actually. I mean, yeah, no, I know. Really, we can yeah. we can talk about giving away kids. And yes. I only had one intentionally. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm always <laughs> over it financially. Let's, I had one intentionally also. Yeah, and he's got three. He had one intentionally yeah. too. I had two unintentionally. Right, right. <laughs> Let's talk about this age issue, OG, this idea of hiring a younger advisor. Do you think age matters in this process, hiring an older, younger person? It's a great question because um, I can tell you 15 years ago when I was 25, I would say no, it didn't matter because I was like, well, you've got somebody that's young and full of chutzpah and wants to work hundred hours a week and all that sort of stuff. It's kind of concerning, I think, a little bit based on what's happened over the last decade. I feel really fortunate that I started doing this work in the late 90s. So like two of the most catastrophic things that could have happened in our country and the economy 
happened already, right? Now, that doesn't mean none of that stuff's ever going to not happen again. It certainly could. But a terrorist attack, Y2K, that kind of all wrapped up in one. And then all of a sudden, you know, this great recession, you know, that we haven't seen in, in 100 years. In the moment, it felt like, boy, did I pick the wrong thing. But now with a little bit of perspective, it's like, well, boy, I got through that. So I feel pretty lucky. But there's people now that have almost a decade of experience, right, that have never had a real bear market, you know, and I feel real strongly that a primary role of an advisor isn't necessarily like we talked about to build a plan, right? Because you can do that a thousand places. It's to help you along the way when things are really crazy or when you show up with three kids instead of two to the planning meeting, you know, and you go, okay, you know, I know you're freaked out. Let me help you with that. And it's just a lot different when you've got clients that have never experienced that before. And I feel like talking with clients that have never experienced, you know, a really substantial decline. I just, I call BS a lot. They're like, oh yeah, I'll never freak out. It's like, oh yeah, what did you do in 2008? Oh, I was in like ninth grade. So, you know, but now I've got like 150 grand and I won't freak out. It's like, well, what happens if the next big decline happens when you have like 3 million and you go, you tell me you're going to like just coast all the way down to a million five and have no problems with that. You know, you need somebody, I think, that has had some experience in that to have some conversations around it anyway. Shana, do you agree? Yeah. Oh, I'm totally ageist when it comes to uh, financial planners. I'm totally ageist, meaning I want somebody who's at least been doing it around 10 years. I think what was a misnomer about this article was like, oh, I have a millennial planner, but the guy said that his planner was 10 years out of college. I'm like, well, you know, 32 is not like a young spring chicken. You know, I was thinking it was like a 23 year old kid. Cause I saw those kids at Merrill, you know, the 22 year old just graduated from college and he's going to be a financial advisor because his parents have money and that kind of stuff. I totally agree with OG. I didn't become a financial planner until I was 33, 34. And I became one because I needed a planner because I had a lot of life things going on and I wanted somebody to figure it out for me. And so much of how I advise and help my clients is my personal experience, Uh, my personal and professional experience totally comes into how I advise my clients and they're paying me for my experience for the experience. Yeah. And I know that the advice I'm giving them now is way better than 23 year old Shannon. I had no frigging clue. I mean, no clue at 23. Right. And now I am a parent. I do have kids. Like I have, I've had to make these financial decisions. I've had to invest my own money. I've had to, you know, I do the 401k I've done all of it and it all informs my decision. So I'm completely ageist and I'm not afraid to say it. I think a really good financial planner has work experience and life experience. That's going to inform how they advise clients. But even young advisors, I think can do what this financial planner does in this piece that we'll link in our show notes, even a young planner can do a much better job of facilitating a discussion. And I think, man, if this, if this planner's young and doing this already has learned to make it a discussion instead of a one-off, here's your binder, see you later. I think they're doing a great job. Uh, Biggest takeaway, Shannon? Pizza and wine is what you want in a financial planner. (laughs) Right. I mean, <laughs> you should pay 2% for that. Depends. On I it, mean, it's worth, the, it's worth the management fee, right? There I mean, is. that's what you're paying. Bought with for. some Papa John's. What could go wrong? Right. 
I mean, all day. Papa John's and Rosé all day. Um, (laughs) What this guy was saying, I think a really good financial planner and and like this, why this guy was, I think he was inspired to write this article because he works for an advisory firm and, you know, but other than that, I think he was inspired to write it because of the positive and collaborative experience he felt with that planner. And that's what you want to look for in a planner. And if you don't feel like that, when you meet with a financial planner, then get the heck out of there because it should feel very collaborative. OG? I think financial planning is unique to you individually. What works for some people is not going to work for other people, right? We, All three of us have had clients that go, here's my stuff. Don't want to talk about it. Tell me what to do. I got other stuff to do. Like I'm busy, busy, busy. Let me know when I can retire. And then we've had clients like this person who wants to you know, eat the greasy pizza and type the numbers on the keyboard himself. And all of that is great. You want an advisor who can adapt to the type of experience that you want to have. When you're working with people in the gym, Shannon, how much do you use technology? We use technology all the time with our clients. I always say that we're tech enabled, but people forward. So technology does a great job helping clients identify issues, uh, manage the day to day. There's various technology we like to use. What do you like to use, Joe? Uh, You know, what's funny is that (laughs) I had never heard of this thing, Benjamin. So I haven't, I, I hadn't used Benjamin, but when you hear our name is stacking Benjamins at the show, it's the show. Oh. So, I mean, we had to have uh, Matt Reiner Feels here. Feels like we should get a royalty. The Wella product. Yeah. Yes. I've heard about this. Matt Reiner has the Wella app. He's a CFA and certified financial planner and the CEO and co-founder of Wella, an investment advisory firm uh, in Atlanta. But he's here coming down to the basement now to tell us about the Wella app. And about the cool thing I saw they're adding to their Wella money management app, Benjamin. So let's talk about Benjamin. Matt Reiner on My Dad Shortwave. And joining us on My Dad Shortwave, it's my friend Matt Reiner from Wella. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Great to reconnect. It's been been too long. I know. I was thinking the last time, first time and last time I saw you was in Charlotte, North Carolina. What have you done since then? I've just been trying to make make it through one day at a time. It's been slow and lonely not having you around <laughs> right, since that, then. That is, you're yeah. such a suck up, and I love it. Just <laughs> we are now BFFs, dude. Uh, let's let's dive in because you've been busy. You've made this cool app called Benjamin, which I think is really it is clean. It's neat, and I like what it does. But before we get to what it does, I like hearing the origin story, Matt. What made you think that somebody was going to need this Benjamin app? Yeah, it really came. It, it, it was kind of a just a building up of of time of kind of delivering value to our end customers and our end users of our Wella app. And when we met back in Charlotte, we were delivering a a holistic financial planning app for individuals to utilize to really look at their financial situation in a different light in a different way. And Benjamin was kind of in the works when we were in Charlotte, but we didn't have it out yet. And what we found that we needed is someone always like when it comes to managing money, you always want to have a relationship with someone. Right. And you want to feel that relationship. And so we wanted to create that with Benjamin to help him be the financial butler to individual situations that help them understand and look at their financial life in a different way. But to also be able to engage with the human and build a relationship with them and allow them to build that relationship with their financial planning app, which was Wella. And so 
the origins of it came from we were we were having conversations with individuals. We saw what they were needing. They were asking a lot of the same questions, and they wanted to get that information on their time whenever they wanted and wherever they were. And we wanted to provide them that opportunity to have that conversation with someone, even if we weren't in our offices. And so that's where Benjamin came from. We built him into the app. We threw him in there actually August of last year. And right when we threw him in, we saw people engaging with him, uh, having conversations with him. And actually, our, our time and app of our users doubled uh, after we really? put him in. And so it, it just showed, yeah, it showed what our conversations were with individuals, how it truly translated that people wanted to have conversations. That's how we want to talk. I mean, we do it every day with text messaging and Facebook and everything of that nature. Well, and it, it is cool. It's, you know, well, you know, from the financial advising standpoint, people don't have enough conversations with their financial advisor. They either feel like they're bugging their financial advisor. They wait for their, you know, one or two meetings a year when really it seems like Benjamin's there in your corner, like you want your financial advisor to be when you need them. He's on your side. And the thing is, is that what we realized is when we initially launched Benjamin, he was freeform text, so you could basically ask him anything you wanted. And, and as you, you see and you know in this industry, people don't know the right questions to ask, and they're intimidated because they think they're going to ask the wrong questions. And so what they need is they need some guiding help to say, all right, that is what I'm thinking, right? That is the question I want. That is guiding me down to get the answers that I want to have because they know they need to ask questions. They just don't know what to, to ask, and they get intimidated, and they just sit on their hands. And so we spent a lot of time building Benjamin to have pre-populated and leading questions to help people get answers to questions they know they need to answer, but they just don't know what questions to ask. Well, well, let's dive into it. So first of all, if I want to check out Benjamin, where do I go? So he's within the Wella app. So it's just a, it's a free app. You go to the app store, download Benjamin or download the Wella app. Benjamin's right there. You'll see his face up at the top of the app. You click him. He's going to have a conversation about your budget, about your goals. He'll, you'll, you'll be there talking to him for days. Hopefully, he's your new best friend. Awesome. And like you said, the app is free, right? The Wella app is free. The app is free, so you go download it. It does take a little bit of time to get all of your accounts linked up and get your goals set and everything of that nature. But once you do that, then you're you're free and clear, and Benjamin's going to be proactive with you from there. Let's dive into the bigger app, the Wella app. So I put all my goals in. I link up my accounts. And then what happens in the Wella app? So the Wella app, it's a traditional budgeting app, right? It's like a, it's a mint.com on steroids is how I talk about it. You label all of your expenses, you see your transactions, but more importantly, where the real kind of the juice is in the app is our budgeting side. We look at budgeting in a different way and what we call is a daily spend limit. This is something that my wife and I did when we were saving for a house that we wanted to buy. And we actually saw our spending go down to the lowest level that's ever been. And when we saw that, I said to the team, I was like, well, this makes a lot of sense. It worked for us. It should work for other people. And that's what we built into the app. And so basically, the daily spend limit is a guilt-free number that you can spend every single day and know that if you stay within that limit, that you're able to cover your core expenses like your rent and groceries and gas, but also be able to save for all those goals like that trip to Rome, Italy, retirement in 30 years or whatever it may be. And that's really where the great stuff is within the Well app. So once you get all of your... Um, your, your transactions categorized, then we predict out in the future. We show you your recurring expenses that you have coming up. And then we also calculate an everyday rolling daily spend limit for you. I was about to ask about that. Things like Hulu, my daily spend limit. If Hulu comes out that day, is that calculated as part of the daily spend limit or is it on top of that? 
Yeah, so it definitely would be because that, that in our mind is a discretionary expense. So that's one of those recurring discretionary expenses because if it's a matter of if you want to go to Rome, Italy, and you're looking at all your expenses, you're likely going to cut Hulu before you cut your grocery spend or your <laughs> utility costs, right? You don't maybe, know me very. You maybe. don't know me very well. I I love that. I, I love my Fallon way more than I love dinner. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a well. I guess the big show on on Hulu nowadays is uh, Handsmaid's Tale, or I, I believe is one of them on Hulu. But uh, and you can't live without that. At least my wife wouldn't be able to. So. I can respect that, but that, but we look at that as a discretionary expense. So on the day that that comes out, your daily spend limit would already adjust for that as you go forward. Let's get back then. So that's the well app mint.com on steroids. Now let's get back to Benjamin then though, Matt. So these leading questions that he asked me, what type of questions does Benjamin bring to the table that makes the process cleaner? Yeah. So it's really helping you as opposed to going into your transactions, categorizing them and understand, and then looking at the breakdown, he helps you see what you have in your expenses coming up. He helps you understand what your daily spend limit is for the next few weeks. So he, and he helps you understand how expenses today are going to impact those goals. So you can go in and say, I have a, uh, how's this going to impact my goal? And if I adjust or if I overspend by X amount, what does that mean to my trip to Italy? What does that mean to my retirement? And he's able to then give you that analysis right there. So he leads you down that path. Do you want to talk about your goals? Do you want to talk about your budget? What are some of the expenses that you can cut? What's that biggest vendor that you're spending at? And what does that mean if you cut that out of your budget? What does that mean to your goals and your financial plan that you have today? And by the way, do you want to retire? Yes. Okay. Well, what does that mean to your goals today? Because we want you to still live and experience life today. But we also want to set that foundation for you in the future, and we want you to see how those relate together so you get both life today and a great life tomorrow. I love that addition because, I don't know, you know, people have Mint, and I've had Mint in the past. I've used other apps, too, where it just, there's so much crap, and it sounds like Benjamin kind of helps you cut to the chase of what's important to you. So with all these other financial apps that are out there, what you get out of that application is really to what extent you put in and the effort that you put into understanding that information and the time and commitment that you put towards it. And what I tend to see with those with these applications is that people tend to use them early in the year, especially after their New Year's resolutions. And then it kind of tapers off because life gets in the way and they don't really understand how to take that life expense and, and adjust their budget in order to allow them to continue to go progress towards their goals. And what we wanted with Benjamin to do is really take that information and help the individual understand what it is and do the analysis and give them the suggestions that make it easier for them to stay true to the budget and understand what those mean. So when a life expense happens, let's talk through that. It's easier to talk through it than just to have a computer that has an algorithm. Two more questions. If the app is free and Benjamin now comes along with the ride, which makes it awesomer, how do you guys make money then, Matt? We make money if you decide to invest with us. We charge an asset management fee right now. But what we're doing is because we've seen Benjamin interact and help so many individuals actually taking Benjamin and we're providing him to other financial services companies, other financial advisors, other insurance agencies, and other small to medium banks to allow them to use Benjamin as their first digital employee to allow them to create capacity, scale themselves, but also continue to provide that top level and top notch customer service and be able to do that for more individuals. And so that's really the route that we're going to do. We're going to always have Benjamin for the direct to consumer because the consumer is ultimately the person that's going to interact with him. And those are the lives that we want to change. Gotcha. And then the last question, of course, and you already know this is a financial planner, how difficult security is. You've got a mm -hmm. lot of people's information. Tell me about security on the Well app. 
Yeah, so security is bank level security. So when you link up an account, we don't store your credentials. Others sometimes store your credentials. Your credentials come in and they are not stored. They're tokenized and it just creates. So what that means is that we create a secure token that can't be linked back to your credentials or anything of that nature. Nobody on the Wella team can see your credentials. If anything happened to Wella, nobody could access your credentials. And it's only read-only access. So if you link up or aggregate your accounts on the Wella platform, all Wella can do is read transactions, read balances, uh, read positions in your investment account, but no action can be taken, like transfers, etc. So if someone were to get into the Wella application itself, they could only see that you spent $25 at Target. They could not take your credit card information. They could not go and transfer money to a, a bank account in, in you know, Thailand or wherever it may be. Gotcha, they right. cannot get access to anything. So we have only read-only access and we don't store credentials. So Top the level bank level security. I see that you're on the iTunes uh, app store. And uh, what if I have an Android phone? So right now, if you have an Android phone, we apologize. We are not allowing you access to Benjamin. That's uh, that's something that's going to be taken care of here in the fall. We're having a big overhaul to the Wella app in the fall of this year, where Benjamin's going to take front and center. You're going to have more of a chat interface. It's going to be even more engaging, more powerful. And when we do that, we're going to launch it across both platforms, Android and iPhone. Yeah. And let's actually talk about the book for just a second. If uh, uh, Ready to be Rich talks a lot about Benjamin, actually, and how to use Benjamin. Tell me about the book. Yeah. So the book is meant to be a hopeful way of looking at your finances. We didn't want it to be a traditional budgeting book. If you look at some of the kind of the chapter titles in the book, um, maybe one like I would... Uh, how to have more month at the end of your money or money. Uh, it's a different <laughs> way of talking about budgeting and finances. I think everybody looks at a budgeting book as telling them not to spend. What we wanted out of this book is to be a hopeful budget or a hopeful way of looking at your financial situation, helping people understand how to own their financial situation, which means that they're in control of their future and they're building their future as opposed to renting their financial situation, which means they're just giving money away and kind of living paycheck to paycheck. And so what this book was meant to do is just like we've done with our app and our company on, on an everyday basis is look at finances in a different light and make it less intimidating for people to talk about their financial situation. And hopefully we're doing that with this book. And Benjamin is a big part because Benjamin is our way of communicating, relating and personalizing financial advice to individuals as opposed to just being kind of all aggregated on google.com and not knowing if it means something to you and your situation today. To to get Benjamin, the site is getwella.com or if you go to the iTunes app store, you can find uh, the Wella app there. And uh, for the book, where do people get that, Matt? So it's going to be on Amazon or you can go to mattreiner.com and order the book there as well. Awesome. And we'll have all those links if you're walking the dog or you're on your way commuting to or from work or whatever the case may be at stackybenjamins.com. Matt, thanks for hanging out and showing us, showing off Benjamin. We love the name, by the way. Mom loves the name. Well, that's great. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Uh, I always appreciate catching up with you as well. Everyone, welcome to the best part of the show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. I know you're dying to hear about my Father's Day tradition, loading up the old El Camino and heading out to the carnival to find my real dad. I know he's got to be with the carnival because Joe's mom keeps telling me over and over that he was a real clown. After so many years, I realized I must have forgotten the street name or the house number, so it's off to find him. He's probably at the carnival somewhere. So while I figure out my game plan for this year's hunt, I'll leave you with this trivia question. Among the most popular greeting card holidays, where does Father's Day fall? I'll have your answer right after this. 
I am not proud to say that I've been called a tab hoarder when I'm shopping online as I'm toggling between all these different tabs looking for promo codes. Just one that'll work and bring down the cost of whatever thing I'm looking for. And if anybody tells me to close one, I'm afraid to close them because, of course, then I'm going to miss out on the best deal. So before you crash your browser yet again, try Honey. Honey's the free browser add-on that over 9 million people and me use every day to save money while they shop online. In two clicks, you add Honey to any browser for free. Then all you do, and this is me, I am as lazy as the next guy. So I shop like I normally do. And while I'm shopping, Honey's scanning and testing millions of coupons in the background. And then I get to checkout and bam, Honey automatically applies the best coupon that's available. Time Magazine calls Honey basically free money, which is why I use it. Over 9 million people use Honey every day and together they've saved millions of dollars. There's no reason not to add Honey to your browser today. It's free, takes just two clicks to install and it'll save you tons of money. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com SB. I actually thought it was one word, honey.com. It's two words, joinhoney.com slash SB to start saving with Honey today. That's joinhoney.com slash SB. I'm also so happy that our longest running sponsor of this podcast is Magnify Money. You know, Nick over at Magnify Money was quoted yet again by somebody in our basement Facebook group saying that, They realize that they're losing money on their reward credit card because they're not getting 2%. And actually, the person, our new friend Lucy there, said uh, that she thought, oh, G and I said it. Well, I was just parroting Nick Clements at Magnify Money, who used to work in the credit card industry, and now he knows all the tricks. And man, if you've heard him on this show or seen him on our Facebook Live, you know that Nick knows how to save money and how to beat the credit cards at their own game. First of all, If you have credit card debt, don't play the game and find either a consolidation loan if you can't trust yourself with cards at all, or if you can trust yourself with cards and you're not going to run up a balance, look for some of those 0% interest rate rollover cards so you can stop paying the man so much money and have it go into your wallet. Or if you pay them in full, why not play the reward game and make sure that you've got 2% back? There's all that and more, the best in savings accounts, checking accounts, all the products you use every day for your personal financial situation are at Magnify Money. So before you go out and just look at your bank for a great savings account, why don't you go to Magnify Money first, stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. It makes it easy to compare, ditch, switch, and save. Father's Day. So while um, while we were backstage, Shannon, we explained the rules. You got the rules? Mm-hmm. Got the rules. Right, here we go. For those I mean, of you, I am a blonde, though, so I'm for, not sure if I remember them. But. For, for those of you at home, <laughs> it's we're going to go Price is Right style. The guest always gets uh, first guess. And uh, OG is currently in a three-way tie. Uh, so Len Paula... <laughs> Len Paula and OG all have one correct one. And OG's the older one here, which means he's Shannon. You got to shut him out and keep this thing tied. So, Father's I'm such Day. such a child. What? What? So, Father's Day, in the list of all the holidays, what number is it in terms of greeting cards being sent? Wait, do I get to pick to go first or last? Can oh, oh yeah. You get to decide yeah, whether to go first or last. Decide. I'm going last. You remember the rules that I don't, right? Yeah, I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> no, I'm going to go last. I'm going to make OG there. pick first. All right. In 
so so we're thinking about like in the hierarchy of when do people give cards away, right? Like so Christmas might be one, Thanksgiving might be two, Father's Day might be three. Okay. I personally think greeting cards are a waste of money and time. I would much rather just handwrite a little note. That's what I did last time. Um all right. So let's think about this. So you got Valentine's Day. Thank you for That's the commentary, by the way. I thought we just had to give a number. But, I mean, if you want a story too, I'll. Oh no, 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 Shannon! <laughs> On this show, all of our numbers come with commentary. About everything comes with a story. You gotta read. You gotta figure out how to get to it. All right, so we got Valentine's Day. You have not been on a show with Paula Pant. Yes. No. I, there's always commentary. Yes. Halloween number two, Mother's Day, Flag Day, obviously Grandparents Day. Arbor, don't forget Arbor Day. Mm. Arbor Day six. Yeah, we okay. love trees more no. than dads. Yeah, <laughs> sure seems like it. Um, I'm gonna say Father's Day is um, I'm a fifth. I don't know who gives a crap. I'm gonna lose because this is an easy thing for for me to lose. I, I, I'm definitely. I, you know, I was thinking through it. I was. I actually just got my Father's Day cards. I wanted to be ahead of the game. And I was thinking to myself, Mother's Day has two rows of cards. You know, like it was a significant amount of pink around Mother's Day time. Father's Day with the blue. It's like Father's Day was mixed in with grads and <laughs> yep. uh, and communions. And I mean, like typical dad things. So Fourth of July. Golf. Yeah. I mean, hey, good job on your hole in one. That's sorry. Yeah. So I'm going to say like. 10 ish. I mean, I feel like it's not even like really, I feel like people would send more Halloween cards than father's day cards. Cause you can always say, Oh, dad doesn't need a card or dad wants a homemade card. <laughs> I wouldn't buy him a card. Hey, before we get there, this one, I don't know the answer. Which one is the closest without going over? Does it mean number one is highest or is number one lowest? I don't know the answer to that. So who's, who's going to be, I don't know who's going to be. This one's just going to have to be closest. I don't know. I think number one would be close. would be highest. Wouldn't it on this thing? Let's say you guess five, five. So do I win with four, three, two, or one? And the answer is six. You lose and Shannon wins because if you're okay. playing it, price is right. style, it's close without going over. So seems right. Yep. <laughs> which Be means, over. which means number one is the highest number, right? Yep. Primo. Yeah. Sure. Not the Bring lowest. It. All right. What's the number, Doug? Come on. Here we go. Big money no whammy. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the continuing adventure of tracking down Doug's dad and your trivia segment. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I just realized while my dad is definitely with the carnival, I'm doubting whether my dad would be a clown, like Joe's mom always says, because if he's my dad, wouldn't he be a lion tamer, or like a strong man, or like a bearded lady, or a Siamese twin, or something really cool like that? Anyway, I'll have to check all those options when I head there this afternoon, but that's for later. Now, here's today's trivia answer. Before the break, I asked you this question. Where does Father's Day fall in line among the popular greeting card holidays? The answer? Hallmark reports the number one greeting card holiday is Christmas at 1.3 billion cards exchanged. How is that possible? I've never gotten one. Anyway, Valentine's Day finishes second at 144 million cards. Mother's Day sees a whopping 113 million cards go to moms everywhere. But the holiday coming in fourth with 72 million cards for dad is Father's Day. Duh, the cards are for dad. Probably can do the math on that one. But the cards aren't for me. I'm going to see my dad in person. I don't need to give him a card. I'm going to see that guy in a couple hours. See ya. That may or may not happen. 
Doug seeing his dad <laughs> every year. Shannon, he's hopeful. Every year. It could happen this year. Maybe this is the year. This could be the year. This might be it. But uh, OG coming in with fifth. Wow. It's amazing. And, it, and Shannon, happened. shame on you. Just under- I, I don't think dads are that important. <laughs> Whatever, Dang, dad. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I don't have respect for the dad. Although I did buy Father's Day cards. Shannon's I like, I did not do feet cards. painting. I didn't do feet painting for my dad. Sorry. So, congratulations, OG. How do you feel? You're now in first place. I feel pretty good, right where I belong. Oh, 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 when guys! This contest last, by the way. I, I don't I need to know, like when I actually win something. <laughs> what's, what's the? It's great to be in first place now, but he's he's been like, here how long? The, the season. He thinks he thinks he's going to win something, Shannon. That's- <laughs> oh, doesn't he know you by this point? Know, Come on. Right? <laughs> Shannon hasn't been on in like a year and she already knows there's no winner. I'm like, Joe hasn't changed that one. Come on. Oh. I mean- <laughs> oh, 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 guys. Looks like somebody needs help. And all three of those O's are sponsored by Bloom. Smart, simple 401k management. You know, earlier in the year, did you have any New Year's resolutions, Shannon? Yes. I had a New Year's resolution to do Insta stories, more Instagram. And? I've been pretty successful. I think I shared with you earlier, I had a very long Instagram rant today about uh, being the boss. So I've been, I've been good at it. You know, what blows my mind, I have my, my team is like, you know, you're an influencer. People want to hear your story. They want to know about the gym. I'm like, oh, really? I know. And now, you know, I found myself doing things like showing my cat watching me on my Peloton bike and people are like messaging me and they're like, Oh my God, that's so funny. Or like we have clients who are like, Oh, they'll see me in the gym. They're like, Oh my God, I loved your cat. And I was like, really? Like, really? You're watching that? Girl? I know. Like, I know. I mean, it, it blows my mind. People it's, really, we just, we're in a voyeur society and like everybody just wants to know what everybody's doing. What's sad is all those people that created financial goals though, not the important cat video goal, but yeah. the financial goal, like I'm going to get my 401k in order and they've done absolutely nothing. No, but they spend a lot of time watching Insta stories on Instagram. <laughs> they, so. Apparently they do. Yes. With Bloom, get this, your pricing's $10 a month, regardless of how big your account is. They link to your existing 401k, so you don't have to move any money anywhere. They're a completely independent advisor, so you know you're getting unbiased expert investment advice. It's called a fiduciary. They research, invest, manage, monitor, and grow your 401k while you relax. And if you look at them versus that target date fund, most target date funds in 401ks completely stink. Bloom, independent research, head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash Bloom uh, for for more. Nice job. <laughs> Shannon's the de facto Len because OG's not. Uh, and remember, Sorry, I'm on Twitter. Remember, there's three O's in Bloom and enter promo code. You know what the promo code You get bonus points, Shane, if you know what the promo code is. Stacking Benjamins? SB. Yeah. SB. Oh. Yeah, we can't spell Stacking right, Benjamins. It's no, just, it's too much. Yes. <laughs> and then you get your first month free and you can see the difference Bloom can make in your retirement. Hey, we're going to throw out the Bloom hotline today to our new BFF, Julianne. Say hi, Julianne. Hey, everybody. I have a million questions, but I'm really just here for the free shirt. Here's a quick background. I'm 22, and I'm just starting to dip my toes into the financial world via yours and Paula's podcast. I'm projected to make anywhere between 100000 and 160 this year, which is more than double than what I made the previous year. I can't guarantee my income since I'm paid on commission, bonuses, and tiers. I invest 14% to my 401k plus a 3% company match. I recently got out of all debt except for my car, which I purposefully didn't pay off to help build credit. 
I currently have a little over 9000 in savings and will hopefully add in an, another 4000 each month, depending on that month's pay. I have two questions, and the first one is about budgeting. Because I have a variable monthly income, I have found myself owing, almost having to budget backwards. I take my monthly expenses out first and then use the remaining amount and split it into percentages for different savings accounts. Because of this, though, I have a hard time setting goals and timelines. Do you have any suggestions on more productive ways to budget in my situation? My last question is about the market. I know we're not supposed to try and predict the market on when to buy and sell, but consider this. I currently have no stocks or other investments outside of the 401k. Since we are on such a long bull run, is it unreasonable to assume that the market is soon going to go on sale, as you referred to it, and wait until then before I invest to get the biggest bang for my buck, so to speak? Thanks for listening. Awesome. Thanks for the questions, Julianne, and uh, congratulations. Sounds like you're doing a lot of great things. But let's talk about this idea, Shannon. When you meet somebody that has a commission base, and that's a lot of people out there, you know, it's so hard to budget when you've got a commission. And usually I see people, to Julianne's point, they get that yeah. big commission check and it's staked in or big screen TV. And then they go, oh, crap, because they don't get a commission for a while. And then it's ramen noodle, ramen noodle, steak dinner, new big screen TV. And the budget's mm-hmm. always out the window. What do you do to even that out? Well, first of all, it doesn't sound like it's Julianne because she's like on the ball, apparently, in every way imaginable. So as far as budgeting, I honestly think a big issue that Julianne's probably facing is contributing 14% to her retirement account. I think that's a lot, you know, especially if she's got an unpredictable budget cash flow for her expenses. And something she talked about was goal setting. Like she said, because she knows her monthly expenses and she allocates via percentages, but she's having a difficult time identifying her goals. And I call her out on that. A goal is a goal, right? So what are your goals, Julianne? Like you're maxing out your 401k and you're building your credit, but what do you want to do in between now and your 401k and how much does that cost? And and why I'm telling her about the 401k is like, we see this a lot with clients. They were like, and it, Julianne sounds like she's doing all the right things. And it's not that she's not doing all the right things, but maybe she has a goal of, you know, traveling the world or, getting a dog or something. And that is a short-term or medium-term goal that requires cash versus a long-term goal like retirement. So if she's having cash flow challenges or goal setting challenges, then I think she's having cash flow issues. And sometimes that's because of over contributing to retirement accounts. But as far as like the budgeting, whatever she's making or whatever, when anybody has a fluctuating income, you should plan all your goals based on the lowest worst case scenario of what you can expect. And you should plan your expenses around it and your budget around that known number. And so then when you have that extra income, that just enhances the other goals that you have set. And I think a problem, like you said, Joe, is like the feast or famine. And that's not obviously not a way to live. You have to create this baseline of existence with your expenses and your budgeting. And then you know, and then knowing where your goals are. So when that extra money comes in, you know how much and what percentages to put to those goals. Yeah. Oh, gee, have you seen that before too? The ups and downs? Personally, absolutely. And professionally. I mean, I think this is something perfect for what you taught me probably a decade ago, which is all of your money should go into your savings account. And then your checking account is how much you have to live on. You know, your commission check is $10,000 this month and $5,000 next month and $26,000 a month after that and $3,000 the month after that. That's in the savings account. You don't notice that because you're paying yourself 1000 every Friday out of your savings into your checking. 
And Shannon, to your point about the that's that's how your budget is. That's what your goal is. You know, worst case scenario, I could pay myself a thousand dollars a week, no matter what. That's what I'm going to live on. And yeah, once a year, you sit down and say, okay, now my worst case scenario is twelve hundred dollars a week, or now my worst case scenario is two thousand dollars a week, or whatever. As your as your career progresses, that'll just smooth that right out and pay no attention. I mean, I've done it where that money goes into a bank in a different place, right? That's mm-hmm. not. My savings account and my checking account aren't linked, you know, at Chase. That's my savings account is at a credit union 1,100 miles away, and I've got it automatically set up to transfer that thousand dollars of, you know, every Friday or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I love what both that of you. That out. Yeah, I love what both of you are saying. Disassociate your paycheck from your lifestyle. Um, yeah, but do that immediately. What, what about Shannon? What about this idea of waiting for the market to go down? We've oh, had this I, long I expansion. Hate this. I hate this waiting for the market to go on sale thing. I mean, I love a good sale like the next person, but if she, what is she? 23, 24. I mean, you got to be investing, you know, for at least the next five to 10 years. And when you look at that, there's no timing a day in the next five to 10 to 20 years. I'm saying five to 10 because, you know, maybe she's talking about her medium term goals, like the house goal that she's, you know, thinking about investing and taking it out of the bank account. And there's no timing a five to 10 to 20 year investment. There is timing a one week investing. You know, if you have a one week horizon, you could think about timing it more. But if you're in it for the long haul, which anybody I'm going to tell to invest has got to be in it for, you know, greater than two plus years, then you're not going to wait for it to go on sale. You're just going to keep putting it in. And we've talked about this in the past, like dollar cost averaging if you want, but the numbers just don't play out. You, it, you just, just put it all in. And, and what we usually at the gym, when we're advising clients and they start investing, we're having them invest and they might have a lump sum initially that's sitting on the sidelines and it's earmarked for something greater than two to five years. But then we have them regularly putting more in the markets like every week or month, like their that monthly savings target they have is usually going to that investment account. So if there is a dip over that, you know, every two weeks or a month or whatever, they're going to take advantage of it. Just like people do with their 401k. You're constantly having money taken out and put it in the market. So you're not really worrying about market time. You're just ongoing, putting more money in. But it never, it's like a game of double dutch when you wait to jump in, but it never pays off sitting, waiting to jump in. You just jump in. I heard a great quote on Twitter and I wish I could attribute it because I don't know who said it, but it's fantastic. Stop waiting for the best price and be okay with today's price because in 20 years from now, today will look like a really good price. You know, yeah, it could be lower six months from now or a year from now or five years from now, who knows? But but at the end of the day, in 30 years from now, when you need this money, today is going to be a heck of a good price. So get the money invested and be done with it. Yeah, I think about Len Penzo, who's been great about sharing with the fact that five years ago, he thought the market was going to go down. And we all read about all this stuff about the markets going bye-bye five years ago. And we keep reading it over and over and over and over. And yet what's happened over the last five years, it's just kept going up and up and up. And now he he says, I made a huge mistake. So Julianne, I think if you if you wait... And it goes up another three years before it goes down. It will go down at some point, right, guys? I mean, yeah, it will. There's going to be a thirty percent decline. It's just does the thirty percent decline happen at forty thousand, or does it happen today at twenty four thousand? Who knows? Somebody asked me that recently. They were like, "Is the market going to go down?" I'm like, "Absolutely. Yes. It doesn't go up infinitely." But the point is, that if you have the right asset allocation and you don't need the money tomorrow when you have a dip, then you ride the wave. And if you're regular, if you're putting money in regularly, it's going to dip and you're going to have money to put in it at that point. 
Thanks for the question, Julianne. If you've got a question for the show, head to stackingbenjamins.com. And at the top of the page, you'll see questions for the show. Click that link and it'll tell you how to get to the Bloom hotline. Thanks again to Bloom for sponsoring that segment. Uh, That's going to do it for today, kiddos. Shannon, we'll get to you in a second. We'll go ladies last this time. You'll get the last word. OG, what's uh, going on with you, man? Oh, Father's Day. Gotta love it. Coming up here. It's also my anniversary. And as all long-term married people do on their anniversary, I'm playing golf out of the state. So Mrs. OG is really excited about that. She uh, is super, super happy. Um, But I'll be home (laughs) just in time to... Get your- cheeseburgers on Father's Day because yeah. I am taking one for the team. I'm taking the 6 a.m. flight on Sunday morning. Oh, that's what a guy. Uh, so <laughs> I might be really hungover from this four day golf tournament, but uh, but otherwise, uh, here's to a championship. Be up in uh, Toledo, which is also known as the southern part of Michigan, as we all know. Lucky, uh, lucky, lucky Mrs. OG. She's blessed. Yeah, she's with, really excited. Blessed. She's with like, her. oh yeah, absolutely. You can play golf on our anniversary. We only set that day aside very specifically 16 years ago. But uh, no, you go. You you go. Do you? That's what she said. That's well. Great. As one as my, as one of my clients advised me years ago, they can't all be winners. You know. So. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> they can't all be winners. Shannon, thanks for hanging out. Tell us first. Let's talk about martinis, and I want to talk about both things. But uh, martinis and your money. What's going on there? Martinis and your money, living a better life, one cocktail at a time. This is summer season. We just recently uh, had a wedding episode. We once a month have happy hour where me and the three gals drink lots of wine or cheap beverages, alcoholic beverages, and usually rant. We don't, we don't rant. We just talk about things. And I, but this last wedding episode, I ranted you about did. weddings because Oh yeah. Cause as a financial planner, I can't tell you how angry I get how, when I see millennial gen X clients with all this credit card debt. Cause a friend got married. I just lose my mind. Oh. Everybody thinking they're ballers and they have money to get $300 dresses and like go to Vegas and live their best life. And I get mad about, cards. I get mad about people to your point and on your show, I get mad about people expecting their friends to do that. That's what I'm saying. Yes. I, that's why I went on a complete rant. I no, said, I know. I was there. not a good friend. You are, I really, I was like, I hate all of you people who plan these. And don't <laughs> even get me started on a destination wedding. It's like, no, I do not. I, I can't even get started right now. I'm getting so angry about it. So anyway, go listen to my rant on weddings over there. And if you're getting married, like seriously, have some compassion and empathy for your friends who have no money. So that's martinis and your money. And then <laughs> and, at the gym, uh, what's happening at the gym? At the gym, we're just having fun over, you know, we work with clients in New York, but we also work remotely across the country. So my financial trainers are, are a pretty epic crew who we help clients with anything from budgeting to uh, saving to um, credit management, all that good stuff. And we're uh, so the accountability buddy you need for your, your road trip. And you'll find that at financialgym.com. By the way, if you're driving down the road or on your uh, Peloton bike, we were talking about Peloton bikes. You guys are Peloton bikers or wherever you are. But Peloton bikers. It's like you're wearing leather while you're on your Peloton. Hey. hey. We're in the oh, Peloton. Yeah, totally. Can I tell you something I didn't share offline is the Peloton headquarters is literally right across the street from the financial gym. Is it really? 
Yes, they are actually a client of ours. That's really cool. It. That's awesome. Although the irony is when you go to, the, you think like it's all healthy and stuff. When you walk in to the front desk, they have a massive bowl of chocolates. Of course. seems counterintuitive. Of course they you do. Know. It's your treat afterwards. <laughs> you deserve it, right? Uh, but I was saying that we'll have a link to the financial gym and of course to Martini's Your Money in our show notes at stackybenjamins.com. Doug, take it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? Well, first, take some advice from the team. Worried about the age of your advisor? While experience matters when dealing with financial markets, any aged person can apply some analysis and outside information to your goals. Look first for the best fit for you and then include experience and age as factors you might think about when hiring an advisor. Second, think much about your neighbors and friends. Before going bankrupt, ask yourself, am I trying to keep up with everyone else or am I thinking about what's right for me? But the big lesson, don't go look for your dad in the carnival unless you're willing to consider a lot of potential dads. There are some fascinating people who work at carnivals. Did you know that? Heck, any one of them could have been my father, especially that guy guessing weights. Sure, my dad would be great at that. He'd be awesome at that because he's my dad. In fact, I'm going to go practice guessing Joe's mom weight. She'll love that game. Special thanks to Shannon McClay for joining us. You'll find Shannon's podcast, Martinis and Your Money, wherever you're listening to this show. Thanks also to Matt Reiner from Wella for joining us. You'll find the Wella app and Benjamin at the App Store. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and there's a 73% chance that I played Chuck on Happy Days. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. No thanks to Joe's mom for popping me a cold right hook when I volunteered to guess her weight. Apparently that's code for no thank you. Welcome to the after show, Shannon. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens here, right. we we don't talk about. But I was I was very interested in uh, Father's Day because Father's Days are kind of <clears throat> can be just an epic uh, show for <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> so I was wondering about like either a great Father's Day gift or just a train wreck Father's Day thing that, um, or maybe even just a train wreck thing involving dad. So uh, yeah. what do you think? I'm 
currently divorced, but I think one of the best Father's Day gifts I gave my ex-husband was, like we've all talked about, it was time away from his kid. <laughs> so he got to go away and go golfing and spend time with his friends. And I know this sounds all, actually, I was just having this conversation with a friend because it's the same thing with Mother's Day. It's like the first, I think, zero to like 10, 12 years of your kid's life on Mother's or Father's Day, you just don't want to spend any time with them. You know, you're like, because they're just they're just energy sucks and drains emotionally, physically. And you're just like, I just want a day away from you. And then you cross over to some point where it's fun being with your kids, yes. you know, and then you kind of, you want to hang out with them and you're glad that you're forced to like, there's one day a year they're forced to hang out with you if they're decent human beings. But when my son was little, I did on a father's day, I was like, you, you head out of here. I got him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But I would have felt, I would have still felt guilty the whole time though. I would have felt completely guilty the whole time I was away. And it's would, just one day, they, especially when the kids are little, they don't, your, your long-term memory doesn't build until you're five years old. They have no idea. Yeah. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about on my end, <laughs> on my, the kid doesn't know, but on my yeah. end, I'm like, you know, this could have been a day that I could have been spending with my kids instead. I'm out with uh, people that I don't know. Who are more fun than, <laughs> than your four-year-old. Oh, gee, how about you? Well, OG takes that to the 11th power doing that on his anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The problem with that is that it's kind of an ongoing thing now. You know, the thing about golf tournaments is that kind of once you go to one, you, you're expected to like return. And so unfortunately, unless my anniversary is a Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday that week, I'm probably going to be playing golf for the rest of my life. So, you know, mm-hmm. deal, sweetheart. I'll be winner. Gosh, that, I've got the. That's, that's such a burn. And I feel like it's unwarranted. Like it really stings. <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. Like that's a real, that's a real stinger. Um, just, just talk about the day, not the husband. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so worst thing about father's day, I, I had the exact opposite approach. Like I really do. And maybe it's just cause my kids are 11 and nine and two. Joe, we were talking, I don't know, a week ago about that whole wait, but why thing, you know, and I've yeah. read that before. Are you hasn't. familiar with what he's but, talking uh, about, Shannon? There's this uh, wait, but why blog where they talk about how the first, like there's all sorts of stuff, like all the amount of time you're going to spend with your parents, like 97% of it's done by the time you're like 18, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, it really just makes you just want to like, sob. I called, like, well, I oh, called, well. yeah, I called my parents immediately. After I read that, I'm like, I just going to need to spend more time with you. I can't make this like the last 3%. I can't, I can't work it. You yeah. know, but my boys are old enough now to like do stuff. Cool. Kind of, sort of. So we'll probably go, we'll probably do like the family golf thing, you know, and, and puts around with them. I can't remember anything that has been obscenely bad or good. So I guess everything's been pretty melancholy. I don't know. Does, is that good that, that you can't remember quote. a single Father's Day or is it bad that you can't remember a single Father's Day? Does that mean that they're all like tinfoil Father's Days? Yeah, I think a lot <laughs> of like, years is kind yay, of a non-holiday. TV, TV but, dinner, TV, TV dinner, status quo. I, I don't remember about Father's Day, but like the most embarrassing thing that I did with my dad, my dad was retiring from General Motors and he was like a really respected guy around the General Motors plant where he worked. And my mom was really leaning on me to give a speech. And so I came up with this idea for a speech and I gave the speech in front of all of his coworkers 
And everybody else was roasting him. All his friends were roasting him. Everybody, you know. So I thought, hey, I'm going to get on the action. So so I stand up. And my, my mom my mom told me late, later that my dad was so embarrassed and he hated that I told the story. And he also he also didn't remember this happening. And I'm like, oh yeah, it was it was it was big time. So my dad, I talked about my dad being an honorable guy and being a guy that people trust and people go to when they need help. I said, this is, I learned all that from my dad and it's through experiences like this. So it's, it's Christmas Eve and my dad takes my brother and I shopping. My daughter, my, my sister isn't, (laughs) my sister's not born yet. I don't know where her daughter came Mm -hmm. from. My sister's not born yet. And, uh, so I remember my dad's taking us around Sears and the question is never, what would your mom like? He's asking me and I'm like eight and my brother's what, like five. He's asking us, do you think your mom will be offended if I buy her an iron? It's all, it's all, do you think she'll be offended? It's not, at this point, it's Christmas Eve. The store's closing in like half an hour. It's, it, hey, how can we just cut bait, get something that's acceptable? So I don't remember what we picked out, but then he takes us to Pizza Hut. And so we're sitting at Pizza Hut and we have this great time. My brother and I sitting on one side of the booth, my dad on the other, having some laughs. And then the bill comes and my dad reaches into his pants pocket and he and he gets this weird look on his face. And he like leans over to the other side and he checks the other pants pocket and he still has a weird look. And then he goes into his coat because it's Christmas in Michigan. So he's looking through his coat's pocket. And we're like, Dad, what's going on? And he goes, nothing, nothing. And he's looking all over. And then finally, he leans forward and he says to my brother, he goes, Tony, here's what I need you to do. My brother goes, what, Dad? He said, I need you to go into the bathroom and count to 10. And then when you come out, don't look at us. Just go to the car and get in the back seat." My brother's like, what the, what, <laughs> you know, he's five. He's got no idea. He's like, what are you talking about? My, my dad's like, just do it, Tony, do it. My brother's like, okay. So he gets up, like he's told, goes to the bathroom. Maybe a half a minute later, a minute later, he comes out of the bathroom, doesn't look at us. At a, it's obvious he's trying not to look at us, right? Anybody who's paying attention knows this kid is clearly trying not to look at us and walks out the door. And we see him out the pizza hut window, get in the back seat. And then my dad's watching out the window and then he looks me right in the eye and said, all right, Joey, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go into the bathroom, count to 10, and then go out the door and sit in the back seat. I'm like, well, why? He goes, don't ask questions, just do it. So I go in the bathroom, I count to 10, I go back out to the car and I'm sitting in the back seat. My brother and I are sitting in the back seat like, what the hell are we doing out here? My dad comes, the door to the pizza hut just comes slamming open and my dad's hightailing it out to the car (laughs) as fast as he can with his keys in it. It turns out at Sears, he left his wallet sitting at the counter and my dad taught us how to dine and dash. And I thought at the time, telling that in front of his coworkers was like the best thing I could have ever done. And my mom told me later, she's like, he, he hated that you told Mortified. Story. Oh yeah. Why did yeah. you think that was a good idea? I, I, thought, I thought that was going to be hilarious. <laughs> Apparently your, your son telling that story is not a great idea. No. So don't tell those stories. <laughs> kids. Years later, we call that I an still Irish do it every so often. Bar. Yeah. It's called an Irish ex- exit. At the bar. <laughs> <laughs> an Irish exit. <laughs> When you cut out on the jab. Bam. See ya. I just remember, man, the look in his eye as he's just hightailing it. it was oh my great. God. Awful. Yeah. 
Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.